Oh man, 14 games on in the NBA. Big injury news before the games, in the games, surprise lineup changes, wild ass rotations. We're going to break it all down thanks to the one and only Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I'm as welcome as a yellow belly black snake at a barbecue. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. I'm going to get straight into it. It's 14 games on. Some may say it's too many. Me, I'll continue to say it's too many, but that's where we're at. So let's talk about the games. Actually, no, 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 no. Let's quickly just get a bit of news out of the way. The headmaster, Jamal Murray, and his hamstring injury, it looks like it'll sideline him for the next three to four weeks. Don't be worried about it. This is actually usual usual hamstring recovery time. It's actually good. So he doesn't come back and re-ping it. It's good. So in the meantime, we'll talk more about Denver's game later on, but Reggie Jackson gets the start, and we'll see how it panned out for game two later on. The other news we got was Walker Kessler and his elbow injury. Originally, he was doubtful for today, and then I saw Tony Jones' report saying he was going to be out for a few games, and now the, now the report is at least two weeks with the UCL injury. Uh, we'll talk about the changes to the Jazz lineup a little bit later. Um, again, I think it's mainly good news for Kessler because it maybe enables it to heal, and then he can play more minutes when he comes back, even though for the time being, it's obviously not great because he's out. And then we got some... Updates with Nick Claxton and Cam Johnson, both to the uh, absolute panic of fantasy managers, got assigned to the G League, and their injury tags got removed off fantasy sites, which is stupid. I believe they've been reinstated in most places. It does look like Johnson is a lot closer to returning than Claxton. Um, I would say Johnson across the weekend, Claxton maybe the end of next week. Really don't know at this point. They're still being very vague about Nick Claxton's return um, timetable, which is frustrating. Of course it is. Now, we have got 14 games for us to talk about. We really need to get into uh, get into them now because, again, it's just there's too much stuff. I do apologize. This show is probably – it's either going to be long. Well, it is going to be long, but there's going to be some bits that maybe get skipped over because I can't go in-depth, in detail for 14 games. It's just – otherwise, we'll be here for hours. So let's talk about – Let's talk about that first game, which, man, I, I say this, I'm going to talk for 30 minutes on this game. The Wizards and the Hornets. The Wizards win. Yeah, 132-116. And I'm sorry to tell you that I don't know what to make of this Wizards rotation. Every game, it is meaningfully different with no rhyme nor reason. Last game, Landry Shamit played zero. DeLon Wright played four. In this game, uh, Wright played 26 and Shamit played 17. I mean, cool. That's great. Like 18-3-3 with four steals for D-Line Wright is a fantastic line. I I can't trust this game to game at all. Even Shamit's 15 points with three threes is useful for deeper leagues, but who knows? One thing we do know is that Kyle Kuzma apparently has been empowered to be the man that just takes every shot in the world. 
And he's hitting them. So why not? 33 and 9, four triples, four assists, 54% shooting on 35 usage. Denny Avdia was always going to cool off 28 minutes, nine points, five assists, 30% shooting. He still remains a fringe 12-team league guy. Well, Gafford got into to some early foul trouble. He only played 13 minutes. He's still got two blocks. Five and five is not great, but he's still got two blocks. So useful must roster player still. We've got 30 minutes of a 30 minutes out of Bilal Kulabali, who played or had six points and two threes. He is only a very deep league player. And Tyus Jones, only 19 minutes for Tyus. That was with Delon getting more playing time. Uh, sorry, I keep calling him Delon. Someone corrected me on it. I apologize for that, and I should have mentioned it. It's Delon. Delon. I don't know why I'm calling him Delon. Delon. Delon right. Um Tyus Jones, two, six, and four on 17% shooting is rough. I would still hold him. Now, I was much more down on Tyus than a lot of others, but not to this level. Um, that'll bring on the Hornets. No, I'm joking. People seem to think that I'm avoiding talking about Jordan Poole. Hey, where's your takes on Jordan Poole, mate? You gonna talk about Jordan Poole? I will. He's been shit house, Like, absolutely dreadful. And did I make a mistake thinking that he would get all the usage? Yeah, pretty fucking clearly. Sorry for the language. I did. Right? He has been dreadful. I think he missed his first seven shots in this game. 11 points, 20 minutes, 25%. This is what I mean by this rotation. I think last game, he scored 22 points and played 31 minutes, and they lost. I just don't understand the thought process with Wes Unseld. Yes, is Jordan Poole playing fantastically? Of course he isn't. You see the main reason that they've not been playing well? I wouldn't say that's the case. But he's also the guy that they got back for Bradley Beal, who's on a $100 million plus contract, yet you're firing Landry Shamit out there. I don't really understand it. I thought that Jordan Poole could be... Like, he wasn't great last season. I thought he could be at least that good and then amp it up with more shots and more minutes. He's way worse. Way worse. I, I look like I got it massively wrong. I'm not ruling it out yet. Do not drop him. By the way, do not drop Jordan Poole, please. I've had that question asked to me today. Do not drop Jordan Poole. Um, but it's been really bad. I just did not expect that he would get benched and play 20 minutes in multiple games. Didn't think that would have any chance of happening. But you know what? <laughs> you make mistakes, it happens. Um, and that, that's a shit one. We'll see how it pans out, but it is looking terrible at the moment. He is really, really struggling. LaMelo Ball, I was a bit higher on, and he is uh, blown up. 34, 4-7, 3 threes, 59%. Some of the hand-wringing has eased, which is good. While Gordon Haywood had 18-7-4 with three steals, still not rostered in even 90% of leagues. Old Gordo. So there we go. That's good from him. Mark Williams had some foul trouble, but they also went a little bit smaller with Big Dick. Uh, not Big Dick, Nick. Big Dick Nick's the other center. With Dan Gafford in some foul trouble. So Williams played 18. Richards only 16 minutes. So they did go smaller here. Mark still had 14-7, and seven, and he hasn't missed a shot in two games. He had a block, so not bad there. While Brandon Miller continues to struggle a little bit as a starter. 13-5 is okay. It's not blowing us away. It's okay. I do worry about when Rogier and Bridges are both there, where, where his role settles in. He still is a 12-team league guy for now. Richards had 7-6, and six, and JT Thor actually got the most minutes out of that group. 21 minutes for zero points. PJ Washington continues to be solid, even though his shooting was off. 14-7 and seven with two blocks for Page in this one. That will... um, That's one down. We're there. We're, we're, we're on our way. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with me and Locked On Fantasy Basketball as a general and the Locked On Podcast Network to bring you the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. So if you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed, a guaranteed fit on your roster. So 
I'm going to go through. I've got a list of players that I chose for the other guys on the other shows to go through. I'm going to, I'm going to go off script here. Let's talk about Keontae George, who ascended into the starting job a little bit earlier than I expected in Utah. The shooting and the scoring wasn't there today. We'll talk about it soon. But he dished the assists and a promising rookie guard who took the job on a bad team is someone that I'd be looking, as I told you a few weeks ago, and I did add him, I'd be looking to add him onto my team. eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit and it's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever it is that your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or dive, ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to US customers. Eligible items only and exclusions apply. All right, let us go in. Let us do game number two, which we didn't learn massive amounts from, I don't think, in this game. But we got some stuff out of it, and that was the, um, the Sixers and the Celtics. Uh, Boston gets, well, not Boston, Philadelphia gets the win, 106-103, the final score. That's two consecutive losses to Boston. Derek White returned, and we wanted to monitor his value after having him on the sell high show. I said, well, the shooting won't stick. Josh, well done. You got it right. The only difference is he took 18 shots. What? 18 shots. He shot 33% for 19, 4, and 5 with two steals and a block. And what is looking here, like his usage was like 13% before today. He had 25% of this one. But what we're seeing is that the usage is just going to be shoved around. Tatum, 20 usage. Porzingis, 31. Derek White, 25. Drew Holiday, 15. Jalen Brown, 21. I, it's going to be very weird and very up and down with a lot of these guys. Look, they're all still relatively useful. Porzingis, 29 and 6. Tatum, 16, 15, 6 and 3 steals. That's great. Jalen Brown maybe not so good, 11-2-2 two and two on 31%. It's just going to be a lot of backs and forwards, it seems. 12-5-5 five and five for Drew Holiday. Al Horford, of course, isn't a 12-team league guy, even though he blocked two shots. And Sammy Hauser, just chugging along as an interesting 12, not, uh, not 12, 14-team league streamer. 13 points in 19 minutes for Hauser with three threes on 63%. He's going at a nice top 120 number over the last five games. It's pretty good. On to the sixes, we did get some interesting bench minute developments. We'll talk about that in a sec. Joel Embiid, 27 and 10 with four blocks in 37 minutes. Maxi played 39. My God, settle down, Nick Nurse. 25, 9 and 5 with two blocks. And the thick hogsman, Toby Harris. The usage stayed low, 18% again. And the shooting did drop predictably. And he didn't get any steals. 17, 9 and 3, which is a totally reasonable line. But he was rolling as a top. Uh, 25 player. He will not remain that. 17, 9, and 3 is good. Ubre was all right as well. 14 and 8 in 27 minutes. But let's talk about the wave pool who played 29 minutes to Anthony Melton and shot 11%. Had 3, 4, and 2 with a steal. The minutes are okay. The shooting is just absolutely dreadful from him at the moment. He was someone that I don't think I ended up getting in any league through the drafts because he ended up always going higher than I wanted to look at him because I was a little bit worried about over-indexing the Harden trade. And then when Harden was traded, I thought that Nick Nurse would lean into playing him more minutes considering they didn't get any guards back, but that didn't happen. And now Melton just can't shoot anymore. I wouldn't drop Melton in a, in a category league. In a points league, I would have no problem with that because Melton's shooting is going to improve. 
I didn't really think we'd get 26 minutes out of Nick Batum, though, but here we are. 26 minutes, five points. That's just deeper league stuff. Or Covington, 15 minutes, five points, three rebounds, two steals. Use him as a defensive streamer. But they are using their bench very differently every single game. Like Ferky from Turkey, barely played, three minutes. He'd been getting like 20 minutes. So it's not normal to see a 10-man rotation from Nick Nurse and a constant chopping of changing of guys, which is going to make it frustrating for the Covingtons and Batums or even the Meltons and Ubres. And Ubre only, Ubre only played um, 27 minutes in this game. Let's go to the Utah Jazz and the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers win this one pretty comfortably. The Jazz are terrible. 134 to 118, the final score. But let's talk Jazz because we got the Walker Kessler news. I thought for sure that Kelly Olynyk would start, but no, it was Oshaya Baji who is honestly, I, I just don't think he's a very good player, and I definitely know he is not a good fantasy player. Three points in 26 minutes on 33% shooting. You do not need to add Agbaji, even if he continues to start in any 10, 12, 14 team leagues, maybe 16. The guy you would add, even though he was bad today, is Kali Olenek. Four points in 21 minutes, but he had five fouls. He probably would have played more, as my guess. Four and five on 50% shooting. Nothing changed for John Collins, even though he was moving to center, 14 and nine. Still just hovering around that 100 mark. And Jordan Clarkson went bananas. 33 points, 34 minutes, 5 assists, 46% on 26 field goal attempts. That's Cam Thomas territory, 40 usage. He's been very up and down, obviously. But the ability to pop off for points like that at least has to make you think, hey, do I need what he brings? Even though he can be down in other areas. 24 and 9 for Markinen's interesting. But let's, I've left it till now. Let's talk about it. Let's actually, this quickly again, please jack off Colin Sexton. You don't need to roster him. Keontae George took over as the starting point guard. I said this maybe two or three weeks ago from watching the Jazz. There's just no way that Taylor Horton Tucker is an NBA caliber starting point guard. And Keontae George is very clearly the only option on this team who might be their starting point guard of the future. I'm not even sure that he will be. Like I'm not sure that he's going to lock that role down and they're going to be happy with that for the next 10 years. But he's the only guy who's got the chance to do it. So I, I, would, I was saying, let's hit to the, between the 15th of November and Thanksgiving to see what happens. As a luxury stash, well, here we are. He is starting luxury stash part portion of the season over. And now, as he is a rookie point guard, you shouldn't have sky-high expectations. We just wait for him to settle in and see where it goes. And I would say that it was an okay beginning. The 31 minutes is definitely encouraging. Nine assists, we love that. Seven points on 38% shooting on eight attempts is not very good. That part needs to jump up, and there could be a worry there. Like 11 usage is a very weirdly low number. So I, I do think that George should be rostered in all 12-team leagues. Now, you need to make the decision. Is he His upside is not top 60 or top 50, I don't think. It's probably best case. He rolls from the January portion of the season on best case. Top 95, top 100, I would guess. But you know, the vision and the passing for him is interesting. And I think he's got more ability as a scorer. It's just it's going to be a bit of a progression here to get him where he needs to be. Horton Tucker had six points on 38% with five assists. He's going to be an assist-level streamer, but honestly, as a backup, that's that's his position. He's not he's not a starter, I, I don't believe. Um, all right. What are we looking at next? Oh, look at the other team here. It's Indiana Pacers, of course. Tyrese Halliburton started a little bit poor. I think he had two points in the first half and ended 16-6-13. Really not that bad. And finally, we get a big game from Humpty Dumpty. Benedict Matherin plays 38 minutes. He'd been getting 22 a night. So to say that this is a little out of the ordinary is uh, an understatement. 
22 and 9 with four threes, four assists, two steals, 50% shooting. Amazingly, his big strength last season was getting free throws. Well, he didn't attempt a single one here. I am a little hesitant to believe that A, he will play 38 a night, B, he will hit 57% of his threes. We'll see that he really needs to be must roster. This would indicate absolutely he does. And if you dropped him, you'd be going, what am I doing? Why did I drop him? But you shouldn't. Nothing would indicate that this was coming. Nothing indicates that this sticks. This was good, but Carlisle is going to be very much back and forward and jerking him around. And that meant that Bud Heald played 22 minutes, 10 points with two threes on 16 shots. That's 25%. He's a hold. I said that it was probably bad news that Obi Toppin played more minutes than anybody in the blowout in the last game, and he got uh, 19 minutes here, while Neesmith played 30 and scored 24. There is no reason, I don't think, for Toppin to be held on a 12-team roster. Uh, so you can very, very comfortably, in my opinion, move on from old Obert and uh, get someone else in. As for Neesmith and his 24, I don't think we need to overreact to that. It's good. It puts you on the stream level for sure, but I don't think that that's someone we need to be a must-add guy. And the center position situation was very interesting here. 23 minutes for Milestone. He went off. I think he had 16 first-half points. 22 and 6 with three blocks. Looks all right. Didn't really have foul trouble, but they just went with Jalen Smith. And I don't really know what happened. I haven't actually seen anything from Carlisle to suggest what happened here. 25 minutes for Sticks. 16 and 11, two steals and a block on 63% shooting. That's a great. This is the sort of thing that made me overhype Jalen Smith last season. Starting power forward, think he's a shit player, but he's got an unbelievable fantasy skill set. Well, look at that. Points, rebounds, steal, block, good percentages. That's a fantasy wet dream. I like he's rolling as honestly as a top 100 player this season. Somehow, I don't believe that he's a guy you want to add in 12s, but those numbers actually suggest that he is. I think he's more of a 14-team league guy because I'm not really going to believe he's a 25-minute player and Turner's going to get benched like this. But definitely some interesting outcomes so far from Jalen Smith, not ones that I was necessarily expecting to happen. Today's episode is brought to you by the Jace Case and Jace Medical. The Jace Case is a personalized emergency medication kit containing five essential antibiotics for when something happens where you really need those antibiotics. You don't want to be in a situation where you have to use them, but if you are in a situation where you need them, you want to be able to have those emergency antibiotics. So you've got the five essential antibiotics in there, but there's also an ability now with the Jace case. Not only can you buy them or buy gift cards for it, but you can get your daily use medications in there as well. Get a year's supply of many different medications sent so you don't have to deal with the supply chain issues that are plaguing the medication world in the moment, as well as um, generic erectile dysfunction medications, generic Cialis versions, and generic Viagra as well. So you can get these with a $20 discount at jacemedical.com if you enter the promo code locked on. So go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com and use the promo code locked on. Okay, what's that? 11 games to go? 11 games to go. Let's do the San Antonio Spurs and the New York Knickerbockers. The Knicks win this one, 26-105, the final score. Wembenyama, just the 30 minutes here in this one, 14-9 with a block, 29%. His field goal percentage has dropped the last couple. That was probably my biggest worry for him in the preseason. Don't worry too much about it. 29 usage, but minus 25 is yuck. Zach Collins, only 25 minutes for him with four fouls, 11 and seven with three blocks. And it was a much better game from Jeremy Sohan. 16, six and five with two threes. It's going to be a roller coaster with Sohan this season, I would believe. I think that you can roster him without needing to. But just quickly keep a close eye on old mate Goldfinger Charlie Bassey. 15 minutes, six and four, one steal, two blocks. 
He's flashing amazing permanent numbers. If you're in a deeper format, you want to look there. 16-team leagues, you want to grab Bassey. Trey Jones only played 25 minutes, 12-1-5. and five. Much like Sohan, to me, he's just a fringe player in 12-team leagues, even though those assists are useful. And we got a surprise return of Devin Vassell. Now, I don't know if they should have bothered. He played 12 minutes and had four points. But he did play. He was out there, and he's back. Branham had 14 points in 24 minutes. If you added him, I doubt you did. You can drop him. Well, what's with Keldon Johnson in the passing? Eight assists, seven rebounds. This is a different horse that I've seen before. He was minus 21, but 17 usage? Things have definitely changed for Keldon Johnson. Good for him, being able to adapt his game to a different situation. He still probably is a 12-team league guy because he's been able to add some different elements to his game. As for Vassell, like obviously if someone silly dropped him, you go and add him, uh, and then we'll see where we go with that. For the Knicks, Rowan Barrett. Um, not ready to call it real because I had a rule that I need to see it for a year, but you probably should add him if he's available anywhere. 24, 2 and 6 with 5 threes. And what was the number one thing we wanted to check? Josh Hart, 30 minutes a night? Absolutely not. 24 minutes for Hart, 3 points, 5 rebounds. We're going to get dicked. We're going to get dicked around here because quickly played 28 after playing 21 the last game. And that is what leaves quickly. And Hart and Grimes was not even close to it. These are guys who are just sort of fringy in and out players. They can't all get big minutes together. It's impossible to do unless someone gets hurt. So we had three points for Hart in 24. We had 19 with five assists in 28 for quickly, but he might play 21 like he did last game. Just a lot of back and forward and a lot of, um, you try to guess when it happens and you probably don't come out all that successful. Not a great night from Robinson, just eight and 12 for Mitchie on two of six shooting from the line. Not a disaster, of course. While the Bernard bounce back, still not shooting well, Jalen Brunson, but 25, two and six and Randall had 23, 16 and five on 42% from the field and 63 from the line. Just brutal again from both percentages, although that is an improvement for Randall, but getting some really good counting stats is, uh, is nice. It's sexy. It's very, very interesting. Next up, let's look at the Clippers and the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets win 100 to 93. Um, Paul George, 39 minutes, 24 and seven, three steals and a block on 35%. Bad shooting, but he got the usage. But something's got to give here. That's two losses in a row with Harden. Not to say that they're going to keep losing, but I just don't understand why you would have Kawhi Leonard and why he would take 16 shots while Russell Westbrook takes 18. Seems like bad play, yeah? And I'm not going to heap it all onto one person. I'll heap it onto two. Westbrook and Ty Lue. Westbrook, stop it. Ty Lue, don't allow him to not be able to stop it. Why Why do we need Russ out there? I'm not saying Russ was terrible. 13, 7, and 8. But he took 18 shots and he hit 33% of them. There's just no reason for him to be on the court with Harden and Zubats. There's no reason. This is going to take some time and it's going to be ugly. So have some patience. Maybe a Kawhi and a Paul George become a little bit by lowy. Jimmy Harden had 12, 8, and 5, two steals, two threes. Very low usage for him. Still figuring it out. I think we can safely drop Norman Powell or Terrence Mann if we've got them. 10 points for Powell. Uh, Bones Highland played six minutes. Yuck, clear drop. And Mann had zero points in 19 minutes in his first action of the season. As we sort of expected with no Mason Plumley, Zubats' minutes went up. He played 29, had 10 and 10 with three blocks. That does help solidify him with no Plumley there to back him up. Uh, we got no Musa Diabite, so it was a bit of Tucker playing the backup center role. PJ had three points with a steal and a block, but obviously we're not adding Peach. For the Nets, they were without Ben Simmons, Nick Claxton, Cam Johnson. Um, really three key players, three starters. So they're just really heavily leaning in 
to the small ball situation because they didn't start Dayron Sharp, although he still had an 11 and 10 double-double in 19 minutes. The man can put up numbers. They started Royce O'Neill. O'Neill had 12 and 10 with four threes and three blocks. The center, Dorian Finney-Smith, had 12 and nine with four threes and three blocks. Finney-Smith is a 12-team league guy, and O'Neill, if these guys remain out, and they might because Cam Thomas got hurt today, they're going to be 12-team options. As for Thomas, 14 points, 36 usage, nothing else, below average efficiency, and he got injured. Getting an MRI tomorrow, um, I would think he's going to miss some time here. Mikhail Bridges, 10 points on 36%. Been very, I would say very disappointing this season. Depends where you drafted him, of course. 10, 8, and 7 with two steals and two blocks. So nice assist, nice defensive numbers, but the offense hasn't been there. While Lonnie Walker might turn into a stream. Now, we sort of know what Walker is, and he showed us here. He had 21 points, which is sick. Like That's great. One rebound, zero assists. He had a steal and a block. He shot 50%. He won't always do that. But if Simmons, Claxton, Johnson, and then Thomas are going to be out, Walker is going to be used. Dinwiddie still couldn't do anything, despite all these injuries. 7-3-4 and four in 26 minutes on 25%. He is hurtling towards being a drop. And if I'm in a 10-team league, Dinwiddie absolutely is expendable. Just a quick little note for deeper leagues. Trenton Watford, 9-5 and five with three steals. A guy that always put up big numbers in Portland when he was given the minutes. And with a few injuries, maybe we cast a deeper league eye on Trenton. Let's keep rolling, go through to the next game. A couple of blowouts coming up here. The Pelicans and the um, the Wolves, 122 New Orleans, 10, sorry, 122 Minnesota, 101 New Orleans, the final score. The Pelicans were without CJ McCollum, Trey Murphy, Zion Williamson, Herb Jones, Najee Marshall, Jose Alvarado. You expect them to get spanked. So the two new starters into the lineup were Dyson Daniels and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Yeah, the Joe Rogan experience is back, and this time in pog form. He's a two-way guy for the Pelicans. He had 11 and 9. I think this is the first minutes he's played all season. A Honestly, a wild and insane starting lineup for a team that already has shooting problems and you had Matt Ryan on the bench. What are you doing? I'm not saying it cost them the game, but that is a crazy decision. Brandon Ingram had 24-3 and 6. He did his best. While Dyson Daniels can't shoot still, but five assists and four steals, worthy of a stream. But what about Jordy Hawkins? Yeah, he's going to have some issues. He is just going to be a points and three sort of a player. We got 14 points and two threes, so not a disaster. 36% is not great, and then not much else. And that's just how it's going to go. While Matty Ice, Matt Ryan had 12 points and two threes. And I don't even know what else to talk about. Very interesting, though, that Valanciunas only 22 minutes in a game that Zion didn't play, and he had one foul. 8-6 and six for JV. We still hold him, obviously, but it's not trending very well at the moment. And Kyra Lewis at least got some minutes back, but he is uh, really struggling. Cody Zeller played 12 minutes. I guess part of that's blowout-related. 4-5-6 for Zeller, who also I'm not sure whether he played much at all this season. I don't know if he played a minute. And Darian Sebron, what a legend. 9-3 and three in 17 minutes and 5 minutes for EJ Liddell. Yeah, cool. And Edwards really stuffing the stat sheet here. 26-3-8 and eight for Goose with 3 steals and 2 blocks. Great from the uh, line, solid from the field. He's been really good this season, obviously. And Gobert continues to play well. And after an 18% disaster from the free throw line, he shot 75%. Was it 8 of 12? 9 of 12. 9 of 12. 75%. 17 and 21 with two blocks. Really strong. Really strong. Towns, we wanted to bounce back. He did. At least with his shooting. 75% shooting. 23 and 3, but no assists, no steals. Only three rebounds. That's pretty yuck, but at least it's better. And Kyle Anderson, 6, 2, and 5. One steal, two blocks. That's a very, very Kyle Anderson line. 
He remains a fringe guy for me. Jaden McDaniels, this is why I am not big on Jaden McDaniels as a category league player. Is it a bad line? No, it's not. 10 points, two threes, three assists, no rebounds. But it's also not a good line. And people just go, emerging star, unbelievable defender. He's got to be better in fantasy. But he's not. So yes, you still roster him, but just watch the outsized expectations. Not a great night from the Wizard of Nas, Nas Reed, who had 9-4 and four in 22 minutes. He does still need to be, I think, on 12-team rosters, while Milton and Alexander Walker played 18 minutes apiece. Another blowout is the next game. That is the Anthony Davis-less Rock, uh, Rockets. Anthony Davis-less Lakers. Well, the Rockets were also Anthony Davis-less. Anthony Davis-less Lakers against the Rockets. 128 Houston, 94 Lakers. The Rockets are just smacking people. They just don't care anymore. They're just laying it down on everyone. So for the Lakers, they were without a ton as well. No Gabe Vincent, no Jared Vanderbilt Bar, no Jackson Hayes, and no Anthony Davis. So Christian Wood started, and oh my God. What is this line? Um, it, I'll tell you what it is. It's dreadful. 4% usage, minus 19, zero points, four rebounds. Part of the appeal of Wood was, okay, we'll hold him, and then when AD goes out, he'll step out and put up big lines. What is this shit? What What is that? That's terrible. He's been playing pretty well, so I don't mind holding him, but holy crap, this was the moment. This didn't happen. D'Angelo Russell, 22, 2 and 4 with three boxes. Very good. And LeBron was all right, but honestly, this game was over so early. We only got limited minutes. Good return from Rui Hachimura. Please do not buy into it. 24 and 8, two steals and a block. He is entering RJ Barrett territory for me. I need to see it for a whole year before I really buy in, and he's even worse than Barrett. Not a great game, actually a bad game from Austin Reeves. Seven points on 22%. The two steals and four assists help, but yeah, honestly, just bad from most of these Lakers guys. We've got 28 Max Christie minutes, though, which is encouraging. He didn't do anything with them, really. Four and eight, 13%. But I think he might be able to work into being a rotation player. Uh, not much else going on there. For the Rockets, Jalen Green only played 21 minutes because why would he need to play more? They killed him. 28 and seven with five threes. Shengun, 19, 7, and 4, and Van Vliet, 9, 4, and 10. But I think where we do want to focus is it was the first game of the season for Tari's second season. Eason played only 14 minutes coming back off his leg fracture. 9 and 9 in those 14 minutes, 40% shooting, 36 usage. So you know my take on Eason. I think he's an unbelievable permanent fantasy player. I think he's a really good real-life player. But people will look at this and go, my God, in 14 minutes, first game back, he's going to dominate. He's going to be a must-roster player, and I'm not so sure because A, Someone asked today somewhere uh, that I saw, maybe it was on Basketball Monster, yeah, what's his path for 30 minutes? It doesn't exist unless players get hurt. I I don't see how that happens. He's also not going to run at 36 usage. He's going to be useful. He's going to be on and off rosters, but there is no clear path at the moment for a a sizable starting level role. It just isn't there. So as much as we might like him, it's just hard to get to that number. Jabari Smith, 12 and 6, was all okay. And Dylan Brooks, finally, the shot didn't go in, 5 and 4 on 33%. Still hold him, obviously, but we knew that it wasn't going to hold at that level that it was at. And we got 27 Jason Tate minutes. Now, obviously, those minutes can go to Eason at some point, but I think that Tate is still going to play a decent amount. You can have Eason on your roster without any question. I just don't see this clear path to 30 minutes unless... Unless Brooks is hurt, unless um, Green is hurt, unless Smith is hurt, someone in the 2-3-4 zone, and then he can push in and start. I just, I don't see how we get into that otherwise. It's just, there's no, it's very hard to make the 240 game work to get him there. Even though we might believe significantly in the talent. The next game, the 
Detroit Pistons and the Milwaukee Bucks. What I don't the Pistons annoyed me today. I'll tell you why. Because we, as I've said many times, we get the official feed through the NBA of the starting lineups, active lineups, active lists, all that sort of stuff. Two weeks ago, whenever it was, a week ago, they put through without announcing it to anybody. Alec Burks inactive. What's this shit, right? Uh, Twitter, hey, Burks is inactive here. I don't know what it means. He's inactive. Then he was out and he hasn't returned since, right? So we got the, we, we know we complained about the late notification. Today, they sent through their active list. They had Marcus Sasser listed inactive on it. And I tweeted it out. Hey, the Pistons are officially listing Sasser as inactive. It is likely an error, but let's keep an eye on it. All right? And then the game went on. Never, never was corrected. They never mentioned anything about it. You go look at the... Well, I actually got a screenshot of it. I probably should um, tweet it out. Of like the EFN official box score. And it's got the starters on there. And then it's got all the bench players. And you have not entered game. The guys who were available to play. Sass is not on there because he was literally listed officially inactive. Yeah, he scored 26 points in 29 minutes with three threes and six rebounds on 65% shooting. So it's also one of those conundrums again. Like I tweeted out, look, this is likely an error. But this is what we're getting. This is the official information we're getting. But it's like listening to coaches. Do I ignore that when I've got that information and, and don't tell anybody and then we get a, a late scratch uh, situation like Alec Burks when I knew the information? Or do I put it out with a caveat saying, hey, he's listed and active. It might be an error, but I don't know. And then people go, well, I'm going to take him out of my lineup. And he ends up playing because they made a mistake and never corrected it. I don't know what the right thing to do in that scenario is. I think I'm just going to keep plowing on. the. When I've got that information, I put it out with the caveat that sometimes these are listed in error, but sometimes they are not. Much like today, and we had an example today. All of the beat reporters for the Mavericks, we'll get to that later, Muxy Kleber is going to start. All right, the official lineups came in and Dwight Powell was starting. So I tweeted out through the Basketball Monster account, here's the Mavs lineup, Dwight Powell is starting, Muxy Kleber coming off the bench. And that one was 100% correct. The odds of from doing this from years and years and years, those official things that come through are correct 90% of the time. Unfortunately, they screwed it up, maybe even more than 95%. They screwed up, it's, it's way more actually, way more than 95%. It's like 99%. The Sasser one screwed up. He was great. His great, get, completely off that point, which again, screw up from me. If, if you took that to say Sasser was out, I apologize. I did very clearly say this is likely an error, but I've got to point it out. But I apologize to you if you if you read that in a different way. That's, that, that's my bad too. Sass's big games come on unbelievable shooting. 65%, 26 and 6 with three threes. He he looks really good out there. He looks very good. How, does he get the minutes when Bogdanovich, Burks, Harris, Morris, Ivy, Livers all come back? You could easily say he gets them over Harris, no problem. Burks, Morris, Ivy, Livers, Bogdanovich. Hard to say. Don't know if he gets there. But overall, good game. Probably worth a 12-team spot. Fringy to me. It wasn't a great start from Cade Cunningham. And people are complaining about him left, right, and center. 33-8-8 and on 9 of 10 from the line is pretty bloody good. It just is. I know he hurts your field goal percentage. And he had 41% on 27 attempts. That is a giant issue. That is huge. I know he'd been averaging five turnovers per game. I know that. I'm just looking at his numbers now. How many turnovers do you have today? Uh, another five. I know that, right? But I would have thought... I think his field goal is going to improve from here, honestly. I, I, I do think it will get better. But 33-8-8, eight eight, you're getting some pretty good numbers out of Cade. And if you're going to come and reference ranking numbers 
on Yahoo, you've got to be ready to back up the fact that Nikola Jovic is ranked 45 spots ahead of Kate. You have to. If you believe that those rankings tell the story, that's what you've got to buy into. So while Cade's shooting has been annoying, I don't really have too many complaints about what he's been doing. There's going to be shooting issues. They were again. It's going to happen. He's surrounded by a bunch of blokes who can't shoot as well. That's a problem. But overall, not too bad. Jalen Duran, 11, 12, and 5 in 28 minutes. We like a little bit more playing time, but he's dealing with ankle soreness. While Asar Thompson had uh, only the six points, didn't shoot very much, but 15 boards. This guy, his vertical pop off from a stance there was amazing. He had a block, he had three assists, continues to be really good. And Killian Hayes, eh, sizable? Sizable is not the right word. Um, Reasonable, passable, 14, 5, and 4. While Alf Stewart, there we go, the big fella, back to being Alf Stewart. Eight points, four rebounds in 37 minutes. You do not have to roster the big fella, Isaiah Stewart. For the Bucks, let's just talk about it immediately because Giannis got ejected. I hate ejections. They're so annoying. Um, it's just the softest shit every time. 15-9-5 with three blocks on. Horrific shooting from the field and the line. He continues to have some real efficiency problems from both areas. Brook Lopez, four blocks, 14-6. and six, Good numbers there. While Lillard was struggling a bit early with his shot, 40%, but... 34 points, 3 steals, and 12 of 13 from the line. Pretty good numbers. We saw Jay Crowder start in place of Chris Middleton. 37 minutes. His role next game when Middleton returns will be something to watch. 10 and 5. While Bobby Portis had 18 points. I think he had 16 points in 10 minutes in the first half. And then slowed down after that. 18 and 5. I do think that the Crowder moving more to small forward is going to help Portis. And that does boost his value there somewhat. Again, it's also useful that Giannis only played 22 minutes here. Marjan Beauchamp played 27 minutes. Uh, yeah, I don't know what, what he's going to provide that's really much use to anybody at this point, unfortunately, for him. That's eight down. We've got six more to go. The Cleveland Cavaliers, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Thunder win at 128 to 120. Darius Garland still not getting quite back to himself, but 15-3-9 on good shooting with two steals is a solid game. Well, we finally got a bit of a dud from Mitchell. It's not a terrible game, but Donnie had 20-5, and five, five assists and two steals, and Jared Allen, 14-6. and six. Evan Mobley, 22 points. Great game. Steal on a block, fantastic. The winner, Soldier, Max Struess, 12 points, four threes. That's okay. Seven rebounds, really strong, but he only took seven shots, usage of nine. He is still a hold for now, but we will assess that as it goes. Well, uh, Dracaris Lavert, 16 free throw, free throw free throw attempts for Lavert is an insane number. He hit 81% of them, and he was 50% from the field, 29, 5, and 5. Big game from Lavert. He's a solid enough stream option who's a fringe must-roster guy, but probably not quite there. And the fact that Tristan Thompson is playing regular rotation minutes on a team that has Mobley and Allen is staggering to me. Surely it's because Allen is on some sort of minutes restriction. That is staggering that Tristan Thompson is playing. Come on. Um, for the Thunder, Shea, 43-7-6 and six and got the free throw attempts. 13 of them, 12 of 13. 68 from the field, just dominating stuff from Shea. And Chet Holmgren looking pretty good as well. 15-7 and seven with three blocks. And the big fella, Lou Dort. I love that he was able to contribute without shooting well. 14 points, three threes, two steals, three blocks, 33% from the field. We knew the shooting would drop, but he did supplement it with a bunch of other stuff. Now, as I detailed on the show yesterday, the Sal High Show, he's always had historically like, low defensive numbers. Not historically low, just low defensive numbers. It was great here. Really rolling at the moment. I'm not sure it lasts, though. Another substandard game from Jalen Williams and Josh Giddy. Williams, 15-4-2 with one steal. He has 
Absolutely not. Regained the level of production from the end of last season. And Giddy's gotten worse. 8, 5, and 6 on 36% in 25 minutes. They benched Giddy. And Kaysan Wallace was in there. 14, 3, and 2 with two threes. Wallace shooting the ball really well. Wallace is an interesting, like, 14-team league guy. And Giddy, we're not dropping him. Don't drop him. But while I was skeptical of Giddy this season, not like this. This is yuck. This smells. What's going on here? 188th for the season. That's pretty gross from Josh. And Jalen, again, someone I was lukewarm on. Not lukewarm. I was just wasn't interested in getting him in the 50s. And he hasn't really lived up to it yet. His team's good, but some differing views on fantasy value, I guess. The Miami Heat knock off the Grizzlies, who just continue to tumble. Tyler Hero left this game with an ankle sprain. And we're trying to wonder who's going to pick it up. Well, apparently, uh, old double-cheeked up legend Kyle Lowry did. 35 minutes, 17, 11, and 9. This is a man who was grabbing, like you're going at 8 usage for the season and just lobbed in a 21 usage game and filled it up everywhere. Maybe you want to grab him. Maybe. I'm not super confident of it, but maybe. Deeper leagues might want to look at Jaime Huckers, who had 11 points, and Duncan Robinson played 35 minutes. That becomes more of a 14-team league guy, I think, for Dunk. Nine points in 35. Jim Butler, still sort of not really... Not really elevating. Like, he's all right. 15 points in 35 minutes, while Adebayo had 30 and 11 and three blocks. But what I am interested in here is Haywood Highsmith. 14 points, two threes, two two steals, three blocks. Now, he shot 71%. He only took seven shots. That's not going to be real. But he's got that role, I would say, fairly comfortably with Caleb Martin's injury never getting reported on. Just must be a Martin Brothers thing. We just never hear what the actual problem is. Josh Richardson looks shit house. Oh my God. Two points in 11% in 17 minutes. I thought maybe there was a chance he would get some hero run, but no, apparently not. So Robinson and Lowry look like the guys there. And Highsmith is providing some value, which, you know, after this, like that's that's a 12 team line for sure. I don't think that I fully believe that in terms of him doing that moving forward. But in 14 teamers, we look and we pay a bit of attention to it. For the Grizzlies, Jaron played 33 minutes and had 28 points and one block. Canard continuing to provide some good threes. The Duck, 27 minutes, 13 points, three threes. Bain just couldn't get anything to fall, 25%, uh, 15 points there. And Biombo, 30 minutes, 9 and 10. We don't have to look at Biombo as must roster, but I think with everyone out, he's at least somewhat useful. Santi Aldama played 26 minutes, um, 12 and 8, two steals and a block. It's not bad. He played a little bit with Jaron in this game, but you have to, I still have to wonder what is his role going to be when Tillman plays. How does he play 30 minutes? Does he? Does he not? I'm, I'm not sure. I think he's a fringe 12-team league player versus a must-roster guy. I don't really think he's must-roster at this point. Well, Marcus Smart had 11-4 and 7 with two steals, but it was good to see those extra minutes for Aldama and getting them over Lofton and Roddy. So when eventually Tillman returns, we'll get more information about the Tillman, Aldama, and Biombo uh, trio. But Bismack, 30 minutes out. I do think that you probably do want to add... Bismack, if he's going to play even 25, 26 minutes, there's probably enough value in him in that in that zone. Um, we should go into the next game, shouldn't we? All right, the next game was an overtime matchup. The Suns win against the Bulls in Bradley Beal's first action. Booker was out. We're at Grayson Allen. 37 minutes, 26 and 8, 8 threes, 56% shooting. He's been very strong this season. I can't really see it lasting. And him and Eric Gordon seem to go back and forth. Today, it was Gordon who sucked. Two points on 11% in 25 minutes. As for Beal, he was on a minutes restriction. Hit two threes early on. Played uh, just 24 minutes. 13, four and four. Three threes and two blocks. That will come up. 
but just good to see him out there. Cater Bates-Diop continued to start. Nice line apart from the scoring. Five rebounds, three assists, one steal, three blocks. He's a nice, deeper league guy with this role. But what about Nurkic? who would barely been able to do anything. Just drops a 20-16-8 and eight in 38 minutes, and Durant has 25-8-9. Just that's what happens when you play the Bulls, I guess. Just wild numbers from so many guys here. Jordan Goodwin and Okogi, 17-18 and 18 minutes respectively. Goodwin and Hokogi are not 12-team league guys. They're probably not 14-team league guys, honestly. And I think you can move on from both of those in those scenarios. Not a great Drew Eubanks night. Four points with a steal and a block. I guess we just didn't really expect to see Nurkic play 38 minutes. For the Bulls, Alex Caruso. Wowee. 31 minutes, 19, 4, and 2. Three steals, two blocks, 78%, four threes. I wish they would play him these minutes every game because he would be a fantasy stud. He just doesn't. So you can stream him in, but you can't have reliability on it. We talked about Zach Levine on the show yesterday as a buy low, saying his assists and uh, shooting numbers would come up. 22, 8, and 8 on 54%. Check that off. And a very good game from Vooch, who's been quite up and down this season. 26-6, and six, a steal and a block, 61%. While Kobe White didn't shoot well, but 11-6-6, six six, three steals and a block. Yeah, to me, that's a 12-team league player. DeRozan had 22-2-7, but just 30% from the field on 20 attempts. I'm still He's still on washed watch to me. I just, yeah, he's not, again, he's not fully washed. He's just not himself. Pat Williams, three points in 21 minutes. Cool, that guy sucks. And Toby, Toby Craig? No, Tory Craig had uh, zero points in his 20 minutes, replacing uh, Pat Williams in the starting lineup. But good to see a nice, well-rounded performance from White. Good to see Vooch jumping back. Good to see that huge Caruso game. And that does make him a fringy 12-team guy. But we just can't really trust the role from him every night, unfortunately. All right, on to the next game. Um, the Toronto Raptors. Scotty Barnes started this one out slow, but in the end, piled on some big numbers. Huge minutes as well, 39 minutes. He shot really badly, 27%, but 14, 14, and 7, four steals and two blocks is an unbelievably good category line. It's fantastic, so well done to get in that after a really rocky start to the game where he didn't have really any defensive stats going, and I think he scored two points in the first half. So a good recovery after some rough shooting, which we knew would come back down. But getting those other stats is great. Schroeder continues his strong run, 18-2-5 with two steals. And the Jedi, Ojin and Obi, 26-5-2. And, and it was also signs of life from Pascal Siakam. Not only did the shots go in, but he played 37 minutes and he shot 60%. So 31 usage, 31-12-5. Now, no peripheral stats are still not fantastic, but okay. Jakob Pertl had some foul trouble, four and six with two steals there. Chris Boucher did a nice little bit in his um, uh, replacement minutes. Malachi Flynn also did well in the bench role. And Gary Trent had 16 in 26 minutes. Still don't think that you need to be rosting Trent, despite having 16 points here in 26 minutes in 12-team leagues. He's more of a 16-team league guy, I think. And Grady Dick just losing rotation minutes. Just seven uh, scoreless minutes for Dick. For the Mavs. Luca, 31-7-8 with four steals and a block. Rough from both percentages, but otherwise pretty good. And Derek Jones Jr., wow. 15 points, three blocks, three threes. He started off the season not blocking any shots, but now, now they're coming. And he's playing big minutes with Kyrie there. Kyrie's still below par in shooting, but 22-4-5 with three threes. And Hardaway had another five threes in 26 minutes. Continues to be a 12-team points, uh, points and threes option. Not a great night from Grant Williams, who'd been playing well. Six points in 27. We hold him, but we don't have to hold forever. While Dwight Powell got the start in place of Derek Lively, who was sick. Yeah, sick. Five and six for Powell in those 24 minutes, while Kleber had four points in his 15 minutes. Not much else going on. 
in that game, I don't think, but just another solid performance from Hardaway. Jones, at least we're keeping our eye open for him. So he's going to play 29 minutes. I don't really know where this has come from from Derek Jones. But if he's going to play those minutes, then that is marginally appealing as we move forward. All right, let's go into the last two games of the night. The first one, the Warriors and the Nuggets. The Nuggets end up with the victory 108-105. There was no Draymond Green and then no Gary Payton. Two of their big defensive guys were out. So the rotations had to switch around. They started Dario Saric, which was... Uh, interesting. Four points, eight rebounds in 26 minutes. Sharish had been playing well, but we're not adding him in 12 team leagues, obviously. Curry had 23 and five with six dribbles, and Looney played 30 minutes with everybody out. 10, eight, and four. That's really strong from Looney. But honestly, this is part of why I'm not that interested in holding onto Looney. That's his upside. Right? That's his upper level with all these guys out. That's what he can do, which is not terrible, but it's not like I must hold this guy at all costs. Even with no Draymond, even with no Peyton. Kaminga played 19 minutes. Yuck. 10 points. We obviously drop him. Moody had 10 points and Chris Paul, 9, 5, and 4. Continues to sort of struggle along. I think in shallow leagues, we are dangerously close to dropping Chris Paul. We're already there with Andrew Wiggins, though. Get him out of here. 11 and 5. No threes, no steals, no blocks, no nothings, no assists. 31% from the field. There's just... I, I, honestly, I'll say it again. I said it last week. I'll say it now. There's no point. The upside's not high enough to deal with this bullshit. Get rid of him. For the Nuggets, they were without Jamal Murray as they're going to be for a while. Jokic had 35, 13, and 5. Three steals and a block. That's just what Big Chungus does. The wrist, maybe. I don't know if it's bothering him, but missed his free throws again. Aaron Gordon was 14, 11 with three steals and a block. And Michael Ponder Jr. played 37 minutes. I guess his ankle's okay. 17 and 8 with two blocks for Porter. Big game from Reggie Jackson. 20 points, 3, 3, 6 assists. Last game he started, he played 25 minutes. So it's a bit up and down. Don't mind him as a 14-teamer. Not sure in 12s. While KCP didn't keep up the big assists, and he, again, is more of a fringe guy to me. 10-3-3 with a steal. Julian Strouder was not able to keep, keep up what he did last game. Eight minutes, one shot, missed it, zero points. Obviously, we're not 12-teaming him. And Christian Brown had four points in 16 minutes. Not really, not, not doing the role that we thought maybe he could. And that is like the Bruce Brown replacement. He is nowhere near that. All right. So let's get on to this last game now. I am in a bit of a time crunch. So I'm going to just talk about this game at the end of regulation. It's the worst when I'm recording this show and the final game goes into overtime, which is what this game did. So whatever happens in overtime, which honestly, sometimes talking about overtime games leads you to mislead or misvalue players because these guys get four extra minutes. So let's just talk about what actually happened during the regulation part because again, I'm in a time crunch here. Portland-Sacramento went to overtime. The big news out of Portland is you're going to be shocked, but Malcolm Brogdon pinged a hamstring. He'd been playing 39 minutes a night, and he can't stay healthy with soft tissue injuries. Five minutes, five points. I don't know how long he's going to be out. It's going to be more than one game. So you should go ahead and add Skylar Mays. 18 points and 10 assists with one steal on 53% shooting up until the end of regulation. They have no other guards. He is going to put up good numbers. Shaden Sharp had 18 points. Not his best night, 36% shooting. And this is something I did mention. He went to the locker room, so maybe it would have changed. But Tamani Kamara, I don't think, benefits from Robert Williams' absence. Two points, 20 minutes, three steals. I just I just don't think that's what they're going to do. 
DeAndre Ayton played 36 in the portion before um, uh, overtime, 18 and 8. And Jeremy Grant had a massive game. He'd struggled this season, obviously. 33, 8 and 5 with three blocks and four triples. Really some big numbers for him. Jabari Walker got 15 minutes. We got five minutes of Moses Brown, seven minutes of Justin Manea. I think Kamara will end up playing more than this most nights, but I don't think that he's a 12-team league ad with the absence of Rob Williams. On the Kings, still no Fox. We had DeMontis Sabonis on the Bylow show, uh, 24-9-9 on 77% shooting, hitting all of the marks that we said he would improve on. Fanapans had a big game too, 17-4 with four threes for Herder and two steals there while De'Aaron Fox, not De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk replacing De'Aaron Fox basically, 21-6-9. He is the guy that we roll with while Fox is out because they didn't start Davion Mitchell even though he played okay, 13 minutes, uh, 13 points in 23 minutes in regulation. They started old mate Keon Ellis, not even Colby Jones. Four points in 21 minutes with three steals for Alice. We're obviously not doing anything there. And the Keegan Murray Suckfest continued 9, 7, and 3. He did have two blocks, but he cannot shoot at the moment. Now, he is going to be better as a shooter. He was 24% in regulation in this game, but I just don't see him as a top 100 upside player. I don't see that for him. He is struggling at the moment. And same with Harrison Barnes, who had 10 points in his 31 minutes. They changed the rotation up a, a bit, though. Colby Jones was out. Don't know why I thought he played all right. JaVale McGee was out, and they brought Alex Len into the rotation. And Sasha Vezenkov, who, again, the most outsized amount of requests I had about him having 12-team value this season, uh, out of the rotation. They made big changes. I don't even know if they're going to win this game. I'm just going to check in live as I'm recording this to see what the score is. Oh, of course, it's 116 all with two minutes to go in overtime. So I won't be giving you the... Um, um, the final result on that one because, yeah, I've got to go. What I will do, though, is just quickly run through the um, lines of the night uh, at this point and let's tell you what the... I'm not going to do a stream of the day recap because I didn't have a stream of the day because there were 14 games on. So let's go through and do the monstrous line of the night. Again, maybe this changes. Maybe Jeremy Grant's the only one who could jump up and grab this. But that honestly, this award doesn't really matter. I'm sure the players don't care about getting the award. The monstrous line of the night does go to Shea Gildas-Alexander. 43 points, 7 rebounds. And what, six assists? Yeah, big game there from old uh, old Shea. Next, we look at the waiver wire line of the night. The best performance from a player rostered in under 50% of leagues. So in that one, we go to Phoenix and we go to Grayson Allen, who had 26 points, nine rebounds and two blocks. Worth streaming while Booker is out. Also, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Tyler Hero is going to miss multiple weeks with his ankle injury. Kyle Lowry, an interesting ad. Huckers, Duncan Robinson. Hayward Highsmith also looking good with Caleb Martin's knee. They're all options. Lowry, probably the guy I'd prioritize there, just as a complete aside. The young gun of the night, the best performer of a guy in his first or second year in the NBA. We are going to Indiana in this one. And of course, it is Humpty Dumpty. Benedict Matherin, who got red hot, had 22 points, nine rebounds, four assists, and hit a bunch of threes. And the dud of the night, a couple of guys here. It was going to be Jordan Poole, but Andrew Wiggins missed a final shot, and that puts him over the line for about his fifth of these for the season. 11 points, zero assists, five rebounds, zero steals, zero threes, zero blocks, 30% shooting. He just sucks at the moment, man. It is really bad. And yeah, as I said before, I think we can drop him. The top six players of the night. Um, let's go through them because that's where we're at. The top six players for category leagues. From today's action, we've got Shea at one, Grayson Allen, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Jeremy Grant with an asterisk, 
and Bam Adebayo comes in next. Your top six players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Grayson Allen, worth streaming. Kyle Lowry, yep, I should have saved the Kyle Lowry bit for then. DeLon Wright, who was really good, but I cannot guess the Wizards rotation at all. Alex Caruso, maybe, maybe worth a stream. Marcus Sasser, probably. Aaron Neesmith, probably more for 14-team leagues. And then your top six players in fantasy points leagues for today. Number one was Shea Gildas-Alexander, then Jokic, Doncic, Scotland Barnes, Jeremy Grant with an asterisk, and Joel Embiid. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.